This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Dumpster Diving. <laughs> Are you doing, Mike? Had a good week there? Oh, by the way, my name is Mark. With me as always is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about you? Good, good. We've had a... Uh, you know, a good time here, I suppose. The world's falling apart, but, you know, other than that, we're good. Peaches is still doing well, which is good. Uh, that's, she's, it, it's almost uh, miraculous. So, it's weird. So, like I said, she had the hypothyroidism, right? So, we, we put her. Don't forget the escape attempt part. Right, exactly. We put her on medication, which, you know, was hurting her, uh, just to catch everybody up. We took her off the medication. Now, it seems like. She doesn't need medication for her thyroid anymore, and everything else is cleared up too. So I have no idea what happened, but uh, things seem to be going uh, in a, a good uh, a good direction, which so we're we're happy about that. Peaches watch. That's right. We're we're we'll keep you up uh, updated on it every week. Oh man! But yeah, so. Uh, this week we continued our our watching our coverage. <laughs> I don't know how we want to uh, we want to you know typify it, but uh, fascination with yeah our infatuation with the green room. Uh, on this episode, we had some. Now these are some of my personal favorites. I don't know exactly how you feel uh, about it, Mike, but I I know the first one. That I'm gonna say, I know you're a fan of Ben Gillette. Uh, I also happen to really like Martin Mull and Tom Smothers. Uh, I don't know how you feel about them as well. Yeah, they're okay. But this was the this was the the first season finale, I guess, of uh, the Green Room. Uh, when we when we return to the Green Room next week, that's the big uh, Judd Apatow, Bo Burnham, and actually Mark Maron's gonna be there. <laughs> It's a weird lineup because it's it's Apatow, Burnham, Mark Marin, Ray Romano, and Gary Shandling. It's there's so many people. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a Wu Tang Clan uh, stage appearance. Exactly, but uh, this episode with uh, Pendulette and uh, Martin Mull and Tom Smothers. What did you think of of this episode as it relates to the uh, the other episodes this season and everything? It was okay. A lot of long, uh, elaborate stories that weren't necessarily very entertaining, but it was all right. Yeah, this one, this, so the green room is, is uh, described as a talk show, which I guess it kind of is, but it's, this episode seemed way more like a talk show than some of the really interesting episodes. Uh, I mean, obviously they're having a conversation so I guess that's the only thing you that's really necessary for it to be a talk show. This episode, it felt more like the typical kind of banal uh, talk show conversation. Like you said, it, a lot of them aren't necessarily super entertaining. So I was... Plus, as a big fan of Pendulette, I've heard a lot of his stories, you know, mm-hmm. multiple times. Oh, for sure, yeah. And a lot of the, his stories that are are very entertaining don't necessarily have to do with comedy as much as they do with you know magic and 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 things like that there's a lot of one of the things that i really like about a pen and and teller both is that they reject a lot of mysticism and stuff like that like they're very open about how a lot of magicians will be like oh this is you know some bizarre mind power that i have and and, and stuff like that and they're like, no, it's all it's all illusions and tricks and science is what's real. And, and you know, it, they they're they're able to uh, look at it, uh, look at you know, magic both mechanically and and as a spectacle uh, in one way, but not try to fool people. Because I mean, that's you know, a lot of magic in the beginning was basically trying to trick people and they and they talk about that and how they're they're not they're not about that i kind of feel that paul provenza put this episode together as a favor to pendulette because i assume they're friends they did the i'm almost like 
99% sure it was uh, Paul Provenza and Pendulite who did the Aristocrats. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Pendulite's a huge fan of Martin Mull and uh, and uh, Tommy Smothers, so it would make sense that he put this together. You know, like, hey, Ben, let's, you know, have two of your biggest heroes on this show with you. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's Mark, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah Martin Mull is really interesting. He's actually like a, uh, he's also a pretty accomplished uh, uh, visual artist, like a mm-hmm. painter. Yeah. He's a, you know, a amazing guitar player. He's a comedian. He's a really like, you know, low key, like, you know, Renaissance type person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always thought the, uh, the one interesting story, um, they tells is, um, when, uh, I'm pretty sure this is him when he, he had this like folk act <laughs> and they start to play this song and it was, uh, who, who was it with? Was it, um, so it was like Craig T. Nelson or something like that. It was. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? They did yeah, the. I don't know who it was though. They did this. I, I feel like that's who it was, even though that makes that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But they did this thing where they were just like basically they were making fun of shitty folk bands, and they were like a shitty folk band, and folk bands. right, and people people thought it was hilarious, and then it was one of those things where. You know, it went on and on and on, and then people were like, "Okay, you know, it's not funny anymore." And then it kept going on and on, and it got funnier again. <laughs> That's uh, I that it's like very uh, like Andy Kaufman esque, I guess. Andy Kaufman seems to be the one that everyone thinks about uh, when it comes to that stuff. But there were a lot of um, you know, like experimental type of. Um, type of comedians uh back in back in that era in the late 60s and in the 70s um so he wasn't alone he was just maybe more out there than most of them were yeah andy kaufman would be interesting on an episode on a uh, a show like this i think although you yeah, know i ultimately feel about him i just kind of think he was like a douchebag at the end <laughs> All I really know about him is what I've seen from, you know, like uh, the, the movie uh, Man on the Moon and documentaries and, and stuff about him. And I mean, the only thing I've really seen, because there's not like, it's not like there's kinescopes of his stand up, or at least not a lot that are around anymore. There's some clips from him on Saturday Night Live, and then there's um, some clips from him. Um, you know, like on, on taxi and stuff like that. I've seen him there, but I haven't seen a lot of his stand-up. No, I think he was a pretty meteoric like, rise from like a stand-up to like an actor. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he obviously did like, a lot of impressions. And I, I honestly think if you put all of his stand-up together, you might have like two hours, if that, of material. Yeah. Yeah, he did a lot of, he was more of a, he was more of a performance artist too, where he would do like the Radio City musical thing where he took everyone out for milk and cookies and stuff. It's like, that's a, that's not comedy and it's not, you know, it's just, it's some weird performance thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't quite get it either. It's, I mean, it's funny if you know what's going on. If you don't know what's going on, it's just very weird. Yeah. I, the, I don't know. Uh, I don't remember where I heard this story from. Maybe no would have been that, but uh, when when Chico and the Man was a big show and Freddie Prince, uh, Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad was on there, he uh, he apparently enjoyed cocaine and knives a lot um, because he loved a good stereotype, I guess. <laughs> but he was at a party that Andy Kaufman showed up as dressed as Tony Clifton and. He was like, you know, Freddie Prince was like, hey, Andy. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? I'm Tony, you know, and everything. He's like, I know you're, you're Andy. Stop fucking around, you know. And, like, they just got back. They like, went back and forth until at was one. Jeremy to put his gun in my mouth? Until <laughs> right? at one point, Freddie Prince had him, like, pinned against a wall with, a, with his hand around his throat and a knife, you know, in his face, saying, I will fucking kill you, Andy. You know, admit it. And he was like, finally, he was like, okay, okay, it's me. Isn't it kind of funny to think of, of uh, Freddie Prinze as a guy who puts a knife to a man's throat to get him to admit that he's a fake character? Right. Yet, uh, yet his son is in a can't hardly win. <laughs> oh, man. Freddie Prinze Jr. Do you think he and Sarah Michelle Gellar are a good couple? 
Yeah, I don't know. What, I mean, they, they've, they've had a lot of time with each other in the past few years, that's for sure. Yeah, yep. <laughs> they've essentially retired from Hollywood, I guess. They do some voiceover stuff or something, I don't know. Probably. But uh, speaking of celebrities, do we uh, do we have anything to keep current with t- today, Mike? I thought you forgot I closed that. <laughs> We're going to boss up to get some red hot celebrity gossip. Boss up. That's our new that's our new theme song for boss up. Oh, okay. Uh they're dating question mark exclamation point <laughs> Mo- Moniz appearing with Shamar Moore while he defends being biracial as fans confused AF how, how do you <laughs> okay I think I know who Shamar Moore is at least I've, I've heard that name yeah, criminal minds. that's right that's where I've heard from I heard from him before um how do you defend being biracial <laughs> I don't know how or why you would defend me biracial. Like that's a ch- why does that need to be defended? Right. First of all, it does not need to be defended. Second of all, how is it a choice? It's like like defending it like it's a choice. <laughs> like you were like, well, I decided that my parents were going to be this. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know, but that's what that's the fans are confused AF. <laughs> Sorry, I'm biracial. <laughs> apparently, he used to. Biracial. Apparently, he used to date soccer player Shauna Gordon, and in 2008, he dated Quantico actress Annabelle Acosta. Ooh, uh, mixing up the uh, federal agency who hunt people down shows. Uh... <laughs> apparently, yep. Uh, who's he dating now? Monique. Monice, how dare you? <laughs> Monice. I don't know. Is Monice Monique's uh, niece? Niece? <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's the Monice. Let's see. Monice is Monice Slaughter, American singer. Sergeant Slaughter's daughter. Uh, yep, exactly. She's the she's yeah, the daughter of Sergeant Slaughter and the niece of Monique. She doesn't have a Wikipedia, but she's an American singer. I don't understand this. But she is from Parts Unknown. All right. She's 33 years old, March 4th, 1987. So uh, happy belated birthday. Uh, her out. Al- let's see. She's got a child. Um, Don't we all? Oh, her mom is. Um, oh, no. Sorry. Her mom's Marlo oh, Thomas. I thought it was Marlo Thomas. <laughs> That girl? I was going to say, well, she's biracial too then. Uh, Her album's called The Naked Truth, which isn't that a a book or a movie or something? (laughs) TV Um, show? William Burroughs, I think. Yeah. No, Naked Lunch. Naked Lunch. Let's see. The Naked Truth was a show with, uh, what's his name? David Duchovny's former wife. There you go. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. um, Leo Remini or something? No, not Leo Remini. um, Leo Leone. Yeah, Tia Leon, that's right. The Naked Truth, it's like about a gossip. Uh, oh, that's 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 fitting because it's about a gossip uh, thing, right? Yeah, that show was on for maybe one season. <laughs> I, for, I, there's some reason I remember that. I don't know why. I was never a big fan of Tia Leone, by the way. Who was? Well, apparently David Duchovny. Not really. Oh, that's true. Not big enough of a fan. Oh my god. The uh <laughs> the fucking the poster for this naked truth show is so fucking crazy. Uh Chris Elliott was in it. <laughs> oh really? Apparently, yeah. Oh man, you were so wrong. September thirteenth, nineteen ninety five to May twenty fifth, nineteen ninety eight. It went three full seasons. Really? Wow. Good for them. Um, let's see. Uh, Taya Leone, Daryl Sivad, Holland Taylor, you know her. If there's a, if there was a terrible 90s sitcom, she was in it. <laughs> Mark Roberts, Jonathan Penner, Jack Blessing, and Amy Ryan. So why is, he was fucking on the... Getting dragged! Right. 
Pulitzer Prize nominated photographer Nora Wilde divorces her rich philandering husband Leland Banks asking for nothing in the settlement except the use of her maiden name. Well, that's a dumb call. Broken without prospects for employment. Well, I in a way. Let's see. Nora seeks works at the Comet, a sleazy celebrity tabloid owned by Sir Rudolph Haley, Tim Curry. Nice. And run by ruthless Camilla Dane, Holland Taylor. Did well, you know that uh, Tim Curry is paralyzed now? Is he? Oh, that's sad. Yeah, he had a stroke a few years ago. I love Tim okay, Curry. Very underrated, uh, not underrated, just not uh, celebrated enough, I suppose, comic actor Tim Curry. Yeah. And a uh, horrific uh, monster as well. Is he? <laughs> you mean uh, from It? Yeah. yeah, okay. Yes. That's based on Tim Curry's actual life. <laughs> he used to lure children to sewers and rip their arms off. Apparently he was famous enough to get away with it, so we we're, all, we're all good with it. Yeah. That's good. He's, you can be famous enough to do that. You, you didn't realize that? Uh, yep. Yep. Well, you can be famous famous enough to uh, fuck a child and get away with it. So Aw, leave Michael Jackson alone. <laughs> and George. Uh, and by George, I mean Bill Clinton. <laughs> by, and, George, and George Clinton. George Clinton. <laughs> the parliament of fuck. Oh, my God. The the kindergarten funk. Wait. Ouch. Um, no, George Clinton, as far as we know, has never, uh, has never done anything like that. Oh, you is know, he's still alive. Yes, he is. Um, yes. I, I, I used to work at a casino in Detroit. Uh, I won't name the, the name of the casino. Uh, that I is have three guesses. Yeah. I won't name the name of the casino that is in the motor city, but I used to work at one of the motor city casinos. Um, and and one of the uh one time uh, george carlin was there uh, i was probably george carlin or george clinton oh sorry george clinton this <laughs> is a very different story here. george carlin was there and he introduced george clinton no george clinton was there he had played at um uh one of the the venues uh around actually at the casino um and he was playing blackjack. It was like three in the morning or something like that. And you've seen how George Clinton dresses and he's got the dreadlocks and everything. One of the pit bosses came over and was like, hey, buddy, you can't you can't sleep here. You got to You got to. <laughs> he thought he was a fucking homeless person. <laughs> and he was trying Sir, to George Carlin. Have you heard the seven dirty rules of funk? <laughs> oh, my goodness. First time I ever heard of George Clinton was PCU. Yep. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, we. Well, I probably heard his song, and if I had heard a, a, a Snoop Dogg song, I definitely heard one of his songs. Right. We got the funk. All right. Uh, anything All else right. going on in Bossabland? Yeah. Nice try! Exclamation point. <laughs> Serena shuts down claims that she quote forced her hubby Alexis to step down from Reddit. Serena Williams and her husband, Alexis Williams, uh, who was uh, one of the founders of Reddit.com. <laughs> he took her name, huh? I mean, you'd have to. Who the fuck is he? Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> Even is, though... Uh, is, is Serena the good Williams, or is that uh, Venus? No. Who's oh, the good one? Serena's the good Williams. She's the she's the more uh, successful one. It is funny that he, that he founded Reddit and... I have no fucking clue who he is, but I know who Serena Williams is. All right, let's see. So she likes. Sadly, he's probably more wealthy than her. I I was going to say she likes white boys, I guess, but because he looks very much like a white boy. But his name is Alexis. He's very white. He's probably Russian. Yeah, his name is Alexis Ohanian. So, yeah, I'm guessing. I'm guessing not American. Or Hawaiian. Yeah. I guess that sounds racist to say not American, but. No, he's very Russian sounding. Let's see. Oh no, he's American, I guess. Yeah, he stepped down from Reddit, and he he insisted that his replacement be a person of color, or he might have said black, actually. Mm, interesting. I don't care. I mean, this guy is rich as fuck. Even though Reddit doesn't make a cent, it's one of these re- ridiculous situations, like with Amazon, where I think Amazon only started making a profit like five years or less ago. Mm-hmm. Reddit probably doesn't make any money, but it's like this venture capitalist, like, oh, you're worth so much on paper type situation. So <laughs> right. he probably, you know, sold his fucking, you know, stock and now he's like a 
billionaire, even though really Reddit uh, will never make any money ever whatsoever. Yeah, apparently he is worth $70 million, according to this. Like you said, I have no idea how, because I don't, I don't know how the yeah, internet works. Serena Williams is worth more than that. That my guess is probably yes. I mean, she, she's been the best tennis, you know, female tennis player for like fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. My guess is that she's probably worth in the neighborhood of one hundred and fifty to two hundred million dollars. Uh, let's see. Well, she's won over ninety-two million dollars in uh, in prize money. Yeah, her Nike endorsements alone it's to be like double that. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I have to, I have to go through all of her records, including her fucking Olympic gold medals and shit, to try to find. I think she's like the most dominant like female tennis player of all time. Oh yeah, absolutely. She uh, there's Yet, at the same time when she she faces men, you know, for practice. I think she has to go to like the hundredth rank type player. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um. Oh hey, she was born in Saginaw, oh, Michigan. Oh hey, you're sexist. Thanks for being sexist. Well, it's that's just the way it is. She could beat my ass on the tennis court, you know, but but when when you take the best male player in any sport and put him against the best female player in any sport, the man's probably going to be better because uh men tend to be larger, carry more muscle. It's just biology. What do you think about like is there any I'm not trying to be funny, but is there any sport that a woman is better than a man at? What about gymnastics? Like, you know, like the uh like floor exercises that shit. Yeah, see that's that's difficult because it's so much on judging. Um and and I'm not like I'm not what's a that, what's that girl a woman's name, Simone Bias? Like, oh my god, have you seen how much fucking air she gets when she jumps? No, no, she, she uh I haven't seen it, no. It's it seems like it's higher than her head. She's like like extra worldly but at the same time i mean it's weird like gymnastics you think i I always feel that uh you watch women's gymnastics more than anything and like women's skating and everything else is like men's i do watch women's gymnastics more than anything that is true you're right about that i mean they seem better you know it seems more entertaining at least like a higher level or like even like uh like i said like uh you know gymnastics figure skating like it seems like the females like have like an advantage I, i i don't really know i don't watch the men's versions of either do they do do the women do the the rings like those parallel rings or whatever? I don't know. I imagine they'd be way less good at that than a man though. Yeah. I think the men only do that in the in the Olympics because of the upper body strength that it takes. I think women would would be better I don't know cuz that, that's the thing you have to take a sport that requires different kind of strength. Uh, agility, really. I mean, yeah. if you kind of swear that has more flexibility or agility, you think a woman would be better. But yoga, if yoga was a sport, not try. I mean, not try to be funny. But if it were a sport, yeah, women are way more flexible than men. And I'm surprised women are better at shooting sports than men because mm. women seem to have that hand-eye coordination thing down. Like every time I've gone shooting with like a female, she's been way better, like off the bat, than a man. That is, that's a good point. Maybe shooting is one of them. I don't know, or, or you know, because if you if you it's take. Not. Okay, <laughs> I was well. I was gonna say if you take away like, um, you know the outside influences like you know men being you know like uh, growing up with guns more than women and stuff like that. Like guns seem to be more associated with men than they do with women. I wonder if you took two people, one man, one woman, and started them at the same age, if the man would automatically be better. I don't know because I mean I think I, I really do think females are better at like hand-eye coordination and like you know mm-hmm. agility that sort of thing. Yeah, that that and flexibility, like you said, as far as physical traits go, I think for sure those are the the three big ones. Complaining. Plus, they're smarter than us, right, ladies? <laughs> oh, they're not. Um. So- no, it's it's everyone. I mean, name one woman who's funnier than a dude. <laughs> I mean, name one woman. No, I did that wrong. But you got where I was going. Yeah, I know where you're going. Yeah, um, that's where I'm at with gossip. I'm done with this fucking magazine. Okay. <laughs> fucking cucks. Yeah, they're uh, they're part of the uh, Illuminati, I guess. No, I don't know. You know, it's so funny. So I've been debating. I don't know if you've been noticing on Twitter, but I've been debating people. Um, I've been avoiding Twitter. Yeah. Well, I've been debating people uh, for fun 
Uh, but it, it's, it starts out fun and then it, it slowly, well, not slowly, it pretty rapidly becomes not fun when you start to realize how many people are out there that are batshit crazy or dumb or both. Yes. Speaking of George uh, Clinton, he once said, uh, think of the dumbest person, you know, and then real, remember half people, you know, are dumber than that. Yeah. I, that's, it's frightening. But George Clinton said that or Bill Clinton? George Carlin, but I was teasing him. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't sound like something either of them would say. And then he said, fuck you very much. <laughs> and then ate nothing but the dog in me. And then he uh, he came out of the bathroom and waved his hand in front of his face. <laughs> oh, I was hit up. Come on, Gutter. Um, Gutter is a tool. Gutter is a tool. It's weird that that guy later went on to direct uh, Iron Man. <laughs> oh, I forgot that was that John Favreau. Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. Wow, I can't believe it was Gutter. Yep. Yeah, good old guts. Remember what everybody else thought we would have to do? Well, let's see. Um, Aside from Jerry, you pivot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jeremy Piven uh, became, well, didn't become, Jeremy Piven uh, fulfilled his legacy of being an asshole as Ari Gold in Entourage. And then, I don't think... Hey, he had too much sushi. Right. That. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Oh, man. Um, And then, I don't know, like, David Spade, obviously, you know, went on to do stuff. Who liked us on Twitter. Yep. David... Yeah, exactly. We're never going to live that down, or we're never going to. He, he went on to like us on Twitter and some of their stuff. That's right. He did some other stuff. And, you know, I, I speaking of the wrong Missy, I I watch a film review show called ha- or Half in the Bag by uh, Red Letter Media, who I've mentioned uh, before. <laughs> and they did the wrong right? They did the wrong Missy. They hated it. They ripped it apart, Mike. Yeah, they were wrong. Everyone is wrong these days. Again, Space Force, I keep watching Space Force, and it's still good. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm actually, I started watching it again from the beginning. I'm telling you, people have the wrong expectations for Space Force. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. Yeah, I like Space and Force, Steve too. Steve Carell is very good in it. Yep, I like Space Force, too. And that I, the wrong Missy is, so it's like a tried-and-true formula, but they do... They do stuff with it you wouldn't expect them to do, and it's yes. it's better. It's better than and the Chelsea Pretty is amazing in it. Yep, I agree. So is Mark Maron. Yep, Mark Maron's good in it. Chelsea Pretty's doppelgangers. <laughs> yes, I don't like it. They watched. They also watched something called I think the Secretary. I believe that's what it's called. Is it Secretary with Maggie Gyllenhaal? No, it's um, a new movie about. Uh, a girl that's a secretary and it goes through like one day in her life, basically. It's like a documentary. It's a like documentary style almost, but it's a fiction fictional movie. Yeah. The the sounds like a real hoot, Mark. Here's here's the twist part, Mike. The twist part is she works for a Harvey Weinstein type dude. So there's some uh-huh. so there's some sexual assaults. Which apparently is treated as a mundane part of the you know the day in the office. Maybe Holiday Road. <laughs> Isn't that the least appropriate song for a sexual assault? <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> can you, Secretary, can you come into the office? I found out long ago. <laughs> she walks out all like disheveled her hair's a mess one of her uh like her blouse like uh the half of her blouse is hanging out of her hanging out of her skirt and stuff and then you uh and then you hear we went dancing (laughs) across the usa and chevy chase pops and goes not a good time (laughs) anthony michael hall's out there going come on dan oh my god Oh my god. Oh. 
That'd be a better movie. <laughs> Probably. Oh, but yeah. So they they contra- they compared and contrasted those two movies with each other. Now, uh, come on, that that's setting the wrong Missy up for failure. <laughs> Let's compare it and contrast it with a fucking serious movie about horrific events in Hollywood. What movie was that again? I think it was called Secretary or something. Or the Secretary oh, yeah. or something that's like that. Secretariat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what it is. Secretariat. <laughs> <laughs> look for it on. Um, look for it on YouTube. It's it's on there. Have look you ever seen ESPN Five? Have you ever seen uh, like clips of Secretariat racing? No. Oh, it's it's insane. Like it's so there's it, I'll give you just cuz I I for for a little bit I was sort of obsessed with Secretariat kind of. I'm not obsessed with Secretariat but watching the um watching the races. And in the first two races, uh the Kentucky Derby and the Belmont Stakes, uh for some reason Secretariat liked to lean against the the starting gate. So he always got off to a bad, like he got off to a bad start in both those races, but he was such, he was such a good runner uh, as a horse that he was, you know, he was able to make up that, that lost time at the beginning in um, the Preakness, the, the final leg of the triple crown, he actually got off. um, he, He got off clean and like just shot out of there. And I'm telling you, he almost lapped the field. It's crazy to watch him like uh, coming down the the stretch. And they did ESPN did um, when they did their hundred greatest athletes of the last century or whatever. Secretariat I think was number two or number three up there, like like far up there. And Who I watched horse deal with it. <laughs> Who's she... number one? Jim Thorpe. <laughs> yeah, Jim Thorpe was number one. Yes, that is correct. See? But um, who is number three? I think. Well, I think number three was Secretariat, and I think Secretariat was right behind uh, John Elway. John Elway. Yeah, because they both look like horses. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> you know they say that uh, boxers are some like. I looked at this thing recently. It's kind of interesting. I was like trying to find out who is like the the most difficult sport. Oddly enough, race car drivers are way up there because the amount of attention it requires and like the risk versus reward. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Another another highly rated uh, group is boxers. So I imagine Floyd Mayweather, in spite of the fact that he's a wife beater and slash girlfriend beater, is probably probably one of the best athletes ever. Yeah, that uh, that makes sense. MMA fighters have to be up there too. So like your George St. Pierre, your uh, you know Nick Diaz, your um, you know Aliester Overeem, all those guys. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, what sport is more risky than MMA? Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I should roulette. Yeah, cliff diving. I I guess I don't, I don't know. know. Do you think Cliff from Cheers ever did cliff diving? <laughs> Go cliff diving with Cliff. Yeah, Jonathan Ratzenberger. He'd probably do it for money. I think he would. Yeah, I think he'd do almost anything for money. He's in those Pixar movies. What is it like ninety? Uh that's a good you know, question. I, I hate I hate Disney, but I think Pixar movies are pretty good. Yeah, I, I actually do like the Pixar most of the Pixar the Incredibles, movies. The first Incredibles, which a hundred percent ripped off the watch. Yeah, I think the second Incredibles is better. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that or not. But I do. I know, it's, got, it's got a great cat. It's got Joan Cusack. Mm-hmm. Um, there's quite a few funny, like you know, moments with like the other uh, superhumans. Uh, Bob Odenkirk's really, in it. Yeah, they really let Holly Hunter shine. Uh, the visuals are so much better. There's a really the the creepy epileptic scene with um what's his name the uh, oh the yeah that's a really fucking amazing that's it might be one of the best like fights ever captured on cinema yeah that it, it is that's definitely a good scene for sure John yeah. Dezo D E Z S O John Dezo Ratzenberger uh, is seventy three years old he was born in Bridgeport he's from Bridgeport Connecticut. <laughs> And I thought, uh, I thought in the first Incredibles, Jason Lee was really good too. I liked, I loved Jason Lee in in the first Incredibles. And then he went out to the Chipmunk movies. Yeah, because when everyone's then, uh, super, no one will be. 
I mean, again, that's a very big ripoff of the Watchmen, all the plot points. But <laughs> Absolutely. Those, those two movies are very good. I, I like them a lot. Yeah, I like Brad Bird, uh, who directed both those movies. He's a he's a very good hey, director. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do like the second one better, but I haven't watched a lot of the other Pixar's. But I mean, it's I I like the idea of it. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, apparently John Ratzenberger considered running for U.S. Senate in Connecticut in 2012. So, oh, good idea. Good for him. <laughs> oh, What's your favorite Pixar movie, Mark? My favorite Pixar movie. So, um, mm, that's a tough one. Um, it's definitely not Up. Uh, I think the first 10 minutes of Up, which is what everyone remembers is amazing the rest of the movie is eh, it's fine um more like down <laughs> so i would say life is a series of downers that's true i would say that so the three that come to mind as far as like probably my top three and har- the ones that would be difficult to choose between did you almost see harvey weinstein there yeah i almost did <laughs> So we're, we're, Weinstein, we're doing we're doing my top three uh, rapists, right? Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, and um, Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I'm a Michael Jackson fan. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, so I would say, although in two cases, not really allegedly, they were found guilty. Um, I would say that Finding Nemo, uh, Inside Out. And Coco are the three that I enjoy the most. Yeah, Fighting Nemo, I like that one. Um, what's is Coco? What's Coco? Is that the one with like the hmm. Coco's the Land of the Dead one? It's the one with the. Oh, okay, I, I like that one because I really I, I I've seen bits of it. I really like the Day of the Dead type, you know, mm-hmm. themes. I love the artwork. I, I'm really into like you know Day of the Dead, and it's not the same thing I know, but like Haitian voodoo, that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. really intrigued by it. Yep. Yeah, it's I, I like the the artwork is a big part of the reason uh, I like that movie and the the music. I think the music's really good in that one too. Fair enough. And Inside Out, like Inside Out, is just really was a really interesting idea um, to rip off Herman's head and make it into a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Herman's lust. <laughs> is your Lee Smith in this? Uh <laughs> She should be. I think it's Amy Poehler. I think Amy. Yeah, po- I, think she's a- I think Amy Poehler does the one voice, and then I don't know who does the other voices. Um, uh, I'm angry at everything. Uh, old man who yells at Cloud. Uh, Lewis Black, Black is in it. As guess what emotion he plays? <laughs> Even tempered. <laughs> yep, that's right. Everything seems fine here. <laughs> is uh herman's head for kids it really is but it's 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 an interesting movie and i I think it's you know it's it's one of those movies that it's it's not just a good kids movie it's a good movie it really kind of transcends it it's a rarity i mean again i think the first two i mean first two the only incredibles movies are pretty good for adults Mm -hmm. even yep agreed What's the movie uh is it uh, with the birds with blue rio is that a pixar movie that's not a Pixar movie, but that is a good movie too. DreamWorks, I do like that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. DreamWorks gets something right every once in a while, and then sometimes they give us the minions. <laughs> oh my god! Every fucking seventy-year-old aunt out there that uh, loves minion memes, thanks you, uh, DreamWorks. So I kind of like. I think it's a third Minions movie. What are they called? Is it called uh, something Despicable Me? Despicable Me, yeah, there's two of those, and there's two Minions I think there's movies. a third one, and I think the third one has Trey Parker from uh, South Park as one of the villains. The third one hasn't come out yet. What, is it the second one with Trey Parker, then? Maybe. Uh, I think so, yeah. I, I kind of like to watch that, because I, I, I think he has good voices. I think, obviously, he uh, has a good track record of doing funny voices. Mm-hmm. When's South Park coming back, by the way? Is it? I don't know. That's a good question. Should it come back? That's a real question. Well, it's 
it, you South know, Park is very, very, very hit or miss. The the average episode is kind of meh, but when they hit it, they fucking nail that bottom. Yeah, that's that's the problem. So it's not it's not the same thing as The Simpsons, where it's just kind of like tired and old at this point. Um, yeah, it's just like they're cashing checks at this point. That's all they're doing. Right. But yeah, like you said, it's... With, and they've been doing it for 20 seasons. <laughs> with, with South Park, it's basically like... Um, like you said, most of the episodes are kind of, eh, you know, and stuff. But every once in a while, they'll hit on something. Something will happen in the world or, you know, something will inspire them. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh, you know, it's one of the, the best episodes they've ever done. And they're yeah, at least once a season, they'll have like the funniest episode ever. Yeah. And, and you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are, you know, incredibly talented and funny guys so you know the uh book of mormon um orgasmo you know a movie that, that both of us like a lot uh basketball yeah basketball they've they've done they've done a the lot of Reich. yeah exactly <laughs> yep that was their idea <laughs> bad idea but what can you do it was it was it, you know innovative you got to give it to them for that <laughs> no one had thought a third reich I mean, the first two were a little much, but the third, okay. <laughs> you know what we should watch? Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know what we should Reich. come up? You know what we should come up with, Mike? Is the fifth Reich? Because <laughs> everyone will be like, "What happened to the fourth Reich?" Actually, I think modern skinheads consider themselves to be the fourth Reich. All right, we'll do this. We'll do the sixth. <laughs> Have the Germans ever done one fucking Reich? I don't know. Two Reichs don't make a. <laughs> The, the, we'll make a movie by Germany called the Reich stuff. <laughs> we're, all, we're all sure their their uh, rocket program is just like the big ship to America. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, we got now. That's that's the new thing we need to patent. <laughs> is different things with a Reich in it. Is that a Tomak a German name, would you say? Uh, Tomak. Yeah, probably. Yeah, or Polish, maybe. <laughs> Estonian. <laughs> oh, no. Where the fuck is Estonia? Don't ask my wife. Am I right, honey? It's, uh, it's just north of, uh, of Poland and, and those Eastern Europe, basically. Why don't they just take all those little shit countries and meld them together? <laughs> Call it shit country. <laughs> With Latvia in there, <laughs> Lechtenstein. Oh my god! Oh, how about Finland? Latvia again? Well, that's that's clearly a shit country. Oh my god! This uh, this segment is brought to you by Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't know if he meant uh, these countries, but he said shit whole countries. But um, oh, Donald Trump. Uh, yeah. No, so- it's brought to you by uh, Anders. Uh, what's his name? Well, here's the thing, like a stone. So everybody, everybody knows how, how Mike and I feel about, uh, you know, some of the, the Scandinavian countries, uh, Norway and Sweden and Finland and everything. Estonia is basically right across the Baltic Sea from Finland because Estonia is like speaking Estonia, Estonian. Huh? What language do they speak in Estonia? Uh, yeah, I think they I think it's Estonian. I think they speak fucking shit there. <laughs> it's where uh, that one dude came from. From uh, what the fuck's the name of that movie with Brendan Fraser? Monkey Bone. Yep, <laughs> it's where the star <laughs> of Monkey Bone was. From. <laughs> George of the Jungle. Watch out for that shit, Estonian. <laughs> Watch out for that shit, Estonian. Um. Fuck with the Encino Man. That's what it's called. They, Encino Man too. They claimed he was from Estonia. Oh, did they? Yeah, is that because he was from the Stone, Stone Age? Age? So they Probably. said Estonia. It was meant to be clever. I guess. Uh, was John Favreau in that movie? Yes, he was uh, the Estonia. <laughs> he was the Estonian ambassador. Yeah. How on top of the world do you think Polly Shore was during that era? <laughs> Weiss and the Gist, man. My mom owns <laughs> the comedy to, store. I don't mean to edge your gifts so hardcore. <laughs> God. 
Yeah, but what's I heard a podcast with him like a couple years ago, and it was very sad. He was like, I just wish I could show up on that set and be the number one guy in the call sheet. It's like, okay, you're not. <laughs> that won't happen again. Would you like to do some work to, to make that happen, <laughs> mister? Were you, were, you, were you ever a Pauly Shore fan? I never, I never was, but I don't fault anyone who was. No. I cable. I, um, I think... I thought Son-in-Law was funny, but I wasn't like, oh, this movie's funny because Pauly Shore's hilarious. Like, I just I just kind of thought that movie was funny, and I didn't like... Isn't, uh, what's his name, Fred, Gw- uh, Fred Gwynn in that movie? Um, I think you're thinking of My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> I thought he was in that, too. No, 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 no. What's the other guy from My Cousin Vinny is in that. Lane movie. Smith is in it, yes. Lane, Lane Smith, the guy that plays the prosecutor, and oh, also Perry White on uh, Lois and Clark. Oh, is he? I love that guy. He's a great actor. Great Caesar's ghost. No, he said on, the, on that show. He said, "Great Elvis's ghost." <laughs> I'm Lois and Clark. Yes, they is they updated it for the true? modern times, and they is had it? him say, "Great Elvis's ghost." Is it true that uh, Terry Hatcher used to be in adult films? Um, no, she was in one movie that was, I, I would, it's it like a Cinemax movie, not really an adult film, but there was, she was in a movie uh, where she got naked. I think it was called the, the Coos and Clit. The co- <laughs> it was that, not it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Lady and Clark. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I think it was called The Blind Side. <laughs> With uh, Michael O'Hare. No, it was called. Um, uh, let me look it up. It was called. It's like it's called The Cool Side or <sighs> The Cool Side of the Pillow. <laughs> right. Didn't Bob Horoff have pictures of her uh, nude in his locker? Uh I'm. I'm. He never showed me that, so I'm not sure. I don't think he had to be showing them. He just looked at his locker. Mm, well, the Let cool, me reveal this secret picture, Mark. The cool surface. That's what it was called. Yeah. And do you know Alyssa Milano was also in like a bunch of movies where she was like fully nude, like vamp about vampires? Mm-hmm. Yep. Me me too. You know who you know who else is in that movie? The the cool side or the cool surface, sorry. Luther Vandross? You're very close. Um Robert Patrick. Oh no! <laughs> I like him. It was Robert Patrick and Terry Hatcher. Yeah, she she was. Uh, I used to think that she was so hot when she was in Lois and Clark. I agree, Howard. But uh, now she's uh, an old woman, so I have no use for. Her. No, I'm just joking. She's still a very handsome woman. Not like Nicole Sullivan or Eggert or whatever her name is. I don't know what's her Aww. name. Nicole Sullivan, Nicole right? Nicolette Sullivan. Nicole Nicole Sullivan is the lady who was on Mad TV. Nicole oh. Eggert was on Charles and George. Neither one of those. <laughs> Nicolette Sheridan. That's what her name is. I don't, I don't know what that is. What she was another person on Desperate Housewives. She was in oh. the. She was the one that John Cusack was playing the uh, the boombox to in Say Anything. You know who's better than John Cusack? Hmm. Joan Cusack. Yes. <laughs> Joan Cusack, she's so funny. I agree. Joan Cusack is better than Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack for the win. Remember her in uh, Arlington Road? Oh yeah, I never saw Arlington Road. Yeah, it's a very good movie. Yeah, you know who's better than Tom Hanks? Merton Hanks. John Hanks. Merton Hanks. <laughs> you mean the, the the free safety? Yeah. Forty nine. Yep. He's yeah. de- he's definitely a better football player than Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he would tackle Tom Hanks uh, on a kickoff. Is he better than Chaz Hanks? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, so that's about as good as the Green Book was. What's your, uh, what's your deepest reference you get to you? Oh, God. That I don't think you'd get? Oh, geez. Yes. That's a tough one. Um. I mean, I guess I could go like, uh, I, what kind of, like, I'm trying to think. So I thought of a name, but I'm trying to think of how I would f- reference them. <laughs> Let's, uh, hey, Mike, uh, 
you know, uh, <laughs> do you do you've got? We're gonna do keeping current with Mike. You got any uh, hot gossip for Walter Winchell? <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that uh, that party store we used to go to that had the <laughs> that had that Kelly Trapuca picture? Yes. <laughs> like at the vending machine, it was like, oh, you could get Kelly Trapuca. Oh my God, Kelly Trapuca. <laughs> Or rusty cunts. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't probably probably people don't probably don't remember uh, former um, Tiger or yeah former Detroit Tiger Rusty Cunts. I love to get a cunts jersey. Oh god! If you ever play baseball again. Yeah. Well, apparently they're apparently they're trying to uh, to work it out. Um, I heard they're talking about a seventy-three game season that still ends in October. Yeah, I don't know if this uh, social distancing thing is going to work. Every time I go out, there's tons of people around. Yeah, that, I just see people coughing in each other's faces. They pull each other's masks on and cough their fucking mouth. <laughs> yep. No, my oldest daughter went to a pool party today, and the only reason I let her is because the governor said, hey, you can go to pools, so if the governor is fine with it, I'm fine with it. All right, sounds good. Yeah, the, our kids the, played the, the with another kid. You murderer. <laughs> The cases in our state have gone down quite a bit. Yeah, I was looking at that the other day, actually. Um, and yeah, it was very aggressive, and I'm very happy with the results. Me too. Yeah, because the faster it goes away, the faster we can get back to normal. <laughs> or some kind of normal. Yes. Some kind of wonderful. Starring Mark Marin. Thank you. <laughs> this isn't wonderful! <laughs> uh, and then Joan Cusack's in it. What's uh, um? I can't remember. Oh yeah, they every once in a while Saturday Night Live uh used to do something funny. Um, <laughs> they do uh, they do this thing where it was like, hey, you know, we we were casting for Jurassic Park, and this is other people that could have been in it. And they had it's basically just like, hey, we have people that can do some some impressions. Like right. Bill Hader would do Alan Alda because <laughs> apparently. He can do a really good Alan Alda impression, even though it makes no sense. Like, it's yes. uh, Alan Alda as Biff in Back to the Future. Well, they'd never cast him. Like, that does not make any sense. He was like six years old then. Right. But he can do a good Alan Alda impression, so they did it. But some, someone was like, uh, with John Cusack, they're like, you, get your hands off her, you. Or I like... I don't know. I can't Get do your it. damn hands off her. Yeah, exactly like that. Because you know she said that. You could do. <laughs> you could do. Don't um, rape my son's mother. You could do. Uh, you could be on Saturday Night Live and do uh, Jack Ace. <laughs> oh. <laughs> rape, victim rape. And then I and then I could do um, uh, Dennis. <laughs> Who? Dennis Miller. Oh no. Hey babe. <laughs> That's it. Well, it's the it's the head bob. The head bob is the entire impression. You know, there's a huge demand for Dennis Miller impression. <laughs> uh everyone's like, you know, Dennis Miller's still around, right? Like I could just call him right now and get him here. <laughs> Probably. Isn't Rich Little still alive? Amazingly, yes. How dare you? When I lived in Las Vegas, uh, I worked at the Tropicana, and he played the Tropicana. Like that's that was his home casino, and nah, I mean, you know, it was funny. So the Tropicana, this is how bad they Nothing. were. The, yeah, exactly. But this is how bad the Tropicana was at planning out their entertainment. So they had uh, Rich Little was one of their entertainers and their other entertainer was was Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> like you like that honey? <laughs> those we got those two fan bases are not going to mesh. They also had Rob Schneider there uh once. Was uh was there a call for a uh, vaguely accidented person to appear? <laughs> right. Hey guys. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Rob Is there anything Schneider. Rob Schneider can do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh you know what's funny is that Adam Sandler's gonna listen to this, especially after we talked about his movie, and he's gonna be pissed. 
Yeah, for those of you not on the inside, we're recording this out of order. Uh, I haven't finished Uncut Gems, but so far it's pretty interesting. I've finished it, and uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll be talking about it for sure. It's think, uh, it's a movie Taylor worth is- talking about. Do you think Adam Sandler will be charged with a hate crime for a serious <laughs> portrayal of a Jewish guy? Oh, I like money. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, I got a lot to say about the movie when uh, when we do that one. It's uh, it's it's a good one. But uh, anyway, that's our our show for tonight. We will uh, you know we'll get back at you uh, right, next you week. Everything about it, or the Paul Provenza program. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Martin Mull was. <laughs> Hey, check out this episode of uh, <laughs> if you watched the this episode of the Green Room with Paul Provenza to prepare for our conversation about it. Sorry, <laughs> you should have you should have listened to uh, Walter Winchell episodes from 1941. <laughs> yeah, all I say is I'm a big fan of Pendulette. Martin Mole seems fine. If Pendulette likes him, which he does, uh, I you know that gives me a good. Uh, I, I you know I have a tendency to think of him as good mm-hmm. before I really investigate him. Yep. Tommy Smothers, same thing. I mean, this is, again, we have to point out this is not too long after 9 11, maybe a couple of years. Yeah. When all the draconian, you know, laws started to take order. And Tommy Smothers, ever since his inception, has been, you know, anti establishment, a very, you know, obviously big liberal slash Democrat type person. Mm-hmm. Um, Martin Mould, not too different from that. Pinchelet's a, a, a bleeding heart libertarian, which doesn't yep. really shine through this much in this episode. And I think he recently, much like myself, kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of questioning a bit the philosophy because I, I consider myself to be a libertarian. But I don't know, lately it's, it's. I mean, there's just so many dumb people out there. It's hard to really, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, say a lot, like, you know, try and endorse that perspective. Yeah, that's the, the biggest, that's, that the biggest problem with it is humanity sucks. Yeah, and as I, I once saw someone hilarious who put out that in the marketplace of ideals, libertarianism has obviously failed. Yeah, but it's it th- here's the thing. So, like, if you took 200 people and you got the right 200 people, then you could have a complete libertarian society and everything would be great. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, there's like 300 or 400 million people in this country, and they're just like. So, douchebags out there. This country typifies like uh, the the phrase. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> that, in, in every country, to be fair, I mean, a lot of people give a lot of credit to the Scandinavian douchebags, but I mean, there's like what thirty people there. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that yeah, you, you, you know, have a benefit, benevolent, you know, uh, socialist, uh, you know, utopia if there's not a lot of people there. Correct. <laughs> Yep. It's pretty easy, especially when, you know, you don't have to come up with all the drugs and the innovation and and by drugs, I mean like prescription medications that save people's lives. Like when you don't have to come up with the, you know, the medications and the, the different like technological innovations and shit like that. And you can just buy it from the countries that do do that. It's pretty easy to just sit back and be like, yeah, we're, you know, (laughs) we're a socialist, uh, you know, utopia. It's like that wouldn't exactly work everywhere. (laughs) Everyone else is winning all your wars for you and making all your drugs. And Correct. Sort of thing. Yep. And they make all the. Like, I mean, what is what? What do the Scandinavian countries produce? Nokia. Luke Those fish. Aren't anymore. <laughs> right. Swedish fish. fish. I don't think they make them. No, I think Swedish fish are actually made in uh, Schenectady, New York. Probably. Ugh. But yeah, we 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 still hate the Scandinavian countries. There might be one person who lives there. Uh, move. <laughs> yep. Move to uh, move to Denmark. The Netherlands. What Denmark? The Netherlands. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I get them mixed a, up. A par uh, a paradise full of beautiful people and uh, lax uh, drug laws. Exactly. Bicycles everywhere. What what is what what do the Netherlands do that no one likes? Name one thing. You can't. You can't name anything about them that's that's distasteful. Sticking their fingers in dikes. Who doesn't love that place? Right, exactly. They're willing to let their finger be sacrificed so that you don't get wet. Yes, because you got to shove your finger in there unless you want to get wet. Exactly. 
Hans Christian Anderson. You gotta keep, gotta keep that wetness in. Uh, you'll need it later. Um, you might need it later. <laughs> later, not like just like you know, wetness just spray everywhere. But you know, putting your finger in there, you want to keep the dikes. Uh, not yep. Oh <laughs> uh, well, that is our episode for the night. Um, I don't know. Keep writing us at uh, massivelatefee at gmail.com. When's our 100th episode? Like uh, like two months from now. It's a while. Are there any new emails or you got to wait till later? Um, I think we might have one or two, but uh, no, I mean, not like a lot. We haven't gotten like a flood or anything, but I'll uh, I'll have to check. Uh, I'll have to check later. There are, there are a lot of illiterate pieces of shit listening to us. <laughs> Seriously, write in. Now, ask your questions, and we'll, we'll, we'll give you our answers. Yeah, whether you want them or not. That's right. All right, we will see you next time. Bye. Oh, oh Mark, again, yeah. I want to apologize. To who? For, to you for not being the Weekly Planet. <laughs> Here, this is... Leave a like. What do you got against it? Yeah. Do you like content? <laughs> so do we leave a like. I hate myself. <laughs> That's them. Why don't you go fuck some spiders in your didgeridoo? <laughs> oh, it's a hot. <laughs> oh, venom. <laughs> oh, all right. We will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>